Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the Ringside Rundown podcast, brought to you by TWM.news and TheWrestlingChronicle.com. My name is Eric Vasquez. I represent TheWrestlingChronicle.com. And joining me on the line representing TWN.news, she's my podcasting partner in crime. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on? Uh, you know, um, it was a decent pay-per-view yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't like what happened. Everybody knows I was at the Steeler game. On, oh, like, yeah. Another the second weekend in a row, I got sunburned and had to see a dumpster fire in, like, in real life, but... Uh, I know we're not a I know we're not a football centric podcast, but I am getting a little worried for for Big Ben there. He's not looking so good. Tell me about it. It was just, some of the stuff he was doing was just bad. The defense wasn't stopping anything. The offense it's like when one was doing good, the other was sucking, and then it they flip flopped and it. Oh God, it was Cincinnati. You're not supposed to lose to Cincinnati, but <laughs> I digress. Though I <laughs> eh. we could talk about that off stream, but. <laughs> Again, this is not a football-centric podcast. This is actually a wrestling podcast, and this is actually a bonus episode to cover last night's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Usually, um, we do weekly recaps of the show for anybody that's a first-time listener. We do weekly recaps of shows like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and all the AEW shows, but since there was a pay-per-view last night, we thought we'd kick in a little bonus episode to let you guys know what we thought of the pay-per-view last night was extreme rules from columbus ohio uh shay overall just before we get into everything in the polls and all that stuff what'd you think of the pay-per-view overall i thought it was average yeah very very uh as mjf would put it very yeah. mid it, it was mid yeah but and it was frustrating too because a good portion of the matches if not all of them were pretty good it was mm-hmm. just some of the things they did after, during, at the end of the matches were questionable. Yeah, there's a couple matches in there that where you were just like, hmm, I don't know if that's a, that was a good idea. A lot of it felt like they were overthinking, like they were overdoing yeah. too much um, and yeah. just rather than let things flow. But again, there were a couple matches that were pretty good. Um, In this show, we're going to get through all the matches, what we thought individually, plus give you the fire emoji polls from Twitter last night and get you a couple thoughts from people following us on Twitter. So might as well get into it, should we? Yes, let's do it. All right. On the kickoff show, we had Carmella versus Liv Morgan, and we were both looking forward to this one because we were really rooting for Liv Morgan to come away with the victory. And uh, I thought this match was pretty good. Everything kind of really flowed together really well, and Liv ends up getting the win after hitting Carmella with the Oblivion Maneuver. Oh, thank God. Thank <laughs> God. It And it was. It was a pretty good match. It was competitive. Uh mm-hmm. I it made me nervous a little bit. I think that was the point because there were a couple of times where I thought Carmella was going to win, and yeah. then you and then I was waiting for you to have to message me and say, "Well, I told you so." Because <laughs> any of our listeners who listened on Saturday knew that this was the one match we were split on because yeah. I said live mostly because I'm stubborn and you just how WWE works. You just pick Carmella, but yeah, I'm going off a of WWE logic there. Yeah, and I'm glad that I'm sure you're also glad that you were wrong. But oh no, yeah, most definitely. I had one problem with the match, and it wasn't even the match itself. It was the fact that apparently Peacock decided to have a stroke after the pre <laughs> like after all the talking and whatever. Because for our um non Peacock listeners, we'll give you a little glimpse <laughs> into what we had to deal with somehow, some way, and I don't know how they managed to do this. 
they put the Spanish and English commentary on this on at the same time. So you're listening to like two, three, four different like voices <laughs> talking at the same time, and it was really hard to concentrate on the match because you'd like in on one end you don't want to mute it because then you don't get the crowd noise, but then everything else is basically white noise. Yeah, and I even had a friend message me like, "Am I going crazy? Yeah. Or... <laughs> Am I finally losing it?" Or <laughs> and it was weird because I think they there was I think at one point you heard the French broadcast too. Yeah, they even brought in a little bit of French, and then that's when I said, "Okay, I'm out of this one. The, the Spanish I can handle, right. but the the French I was completely lost." Yeah, it was um, it was really just weird because um, it stopped. And then came back on again like three times. So every time you thought they were going to fix it, it broke again. And then I think it finally stopped about halfway through the first match on the main show, I think. Yeah, and something like that, yeah. even then, I, I don't know what it is with Peacock, and I'm sure you'll agree. It has seemed like every single pay-per-view WWE has had on there since it moved from the network, there has been a problem or five. Yeah. There has never yeah, been an actual show where that. it works. Yeah, I was just going to mention that they have had a string of uh, bad production snafus uh, since jumping to Peacock. I don't know. I really don't know what it is. You would think Peacock would actually be more stable since it's run by NBC, that it would be a little bit more stable. But uh, it's definitely leaving people to miss the WWE Network because we really never got those type of issues on the WWE Network. No, if anything, you got buffering or whatnot. And then add insult to injury later in the night i think it started i don't think it was at the beginning i remember it specifically happening during alexa bliss and charlotte's match where right in the middle of alexa's entrance it just cut to ads really yeah because we're kind of sitting there and mom and i are we look at each other and we go what what's going on like what's happening and i think they actually did that during the main event too halfway through roman's entrance they cut the ads and I'm pretty sure we have the premium version of it, so you don't get right. the ad. So I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, especially if you're paying the extra money to not have the ads. So I don't know what Peacock's problem is. Get it together, Peacock. I want the new. I want the network back. <laughs> I never had a problem with the network. That was the Me thing. Either. So yeah. I, whatever. But I digress. I'm glad Liv won. She deserved it. That crowd was behind her a thousand percent. For sure, for sure. And they actually have to do something with her. Just not give her this win (laughs) and then let her fall by the wayside. They actually have potential. Yeah, again, but they have potential with someone like Liv Morgan to really carry something in case Bianca and uh, Becky go, you know, ends, you know, ceremoniously or, you know, whatever they do. We'll talk about that later in the match. But I didn't have a pull-up for this one because I didn't know what the kickoff match was going to be. But then again, I'm happy that Liv Morgan ended up getting the win. So that brings us to the main card. Now, this was a match that wasn't even advertised until the pay-per-view. So we really couldn't even give you a prediction. But we did know, we said uh, on our prediction episode, the episode before this one, that to to not have the WWE champion on the pay-per-view seems a little odd. So yeah. there were we we kind of we kind of hinted that maybe they were going to do something uh have some sort of match that wasn't advertised and of course that's actually what happened. Uh the, to open the show, it was the New Day getting back together to take on almost AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley, the former WWE champion. Uh what do you think of this match? I also thought it was pretty good too. I mean, the New Day are 
is easily one of the best tag teams in history. Yeah, all time, basically. And I just thought it was kind of odd because they could have easily advertised this for Raw and just built it up that the New Day's getting back together. And instead, Mm -hmm. you threw it together, what, 20 minutes into the pre-show, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, it's on the main card now. Yeah. I hate when they do that because it's hard for you to feel invested into it just because it was a video package and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, as for the match, you know, it was solid work all around. And you could really tell that the crowd really loves Big E as the champion. The closing moments saw Lashley have things well in hand when AJ Styles decided he wanted to hog all the glory. Big E would sidestep a spear from Lashley, sending Bobby into AJ. And then Big E hits the big ending on Bobby Lashley to get the win. So, again, this was solid work all around. And I feel like, like you said, um, the New Day is one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They could basically have a good match with their eyes closed. Yeah. You know, so, um, and credit to them, you know, not only was this match advertised during the pre-show and put on the main card out of nowhere, but I every time I watch the New Day together, I'm always like, man, this group has been together close to 10 years. Yeah. and. There's it doesn't really, even feel that long, honestly. It doesn't. And, you know, usually around that time by WWE logic, you would have breakups, mm-hmm. dissension, anger, and everything like that. But there's no reason to take the wheels off a new day. Actually, I felt like this break where Big E was on SmackDown and they were on Raw was a nice little refresher because when they got back together, it really felt nice to see them together. Yeah, it was. And that reminds me, I don't remember who it was on commentary. I think it was Jimmy Smith when they were knew they was coming down to the ring. He said something to the degree of, oh, well, we could be seeing the end of an era because, you know, the draft's coming up and they could get split up. And it made him look really stupid because... <laughs> he they already were broken up before that was literally like the biggest storyline coming out of the draft or the shake-up last year was they got broke up they were broken up so not entirely sure they must have forgot that that was a thing but yeah that was i just thought that was kind of weird to me where definitely doesn't make him look very good it doesn't make him look like he was paying attention enough but yeah well thanks to that mixed misdirection from biggie and the new day pick up the win we asked you guys what you thought of the match and 47.4 of you twitter follow us twitter followers gave it four flame emojis mike from twitter said that was an awesome opener great action good selling excellent ending and it's so nice to see the new day together and i couldn't agree more yes i agree so that brings us to our next match of the card. Um, this one I was actually a, more excited for than than usual. I felt like this was going to be the better match on the card. It was the Usos versus the Street Profits for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And what did you think of the match? Oh, it was so good. So good. You knew it was going to be good because the Usos have been one of the best teams in WWE for years now. And the Street Profits have become one of the top teams in the last few years. So... To see them go at it again was great. And the storytelling was really good, too, because... Really good. Obviously, Montez Ford he had the uh, injuries from fr- or on yeah Friday. And so Dawkins had to do most of the work. Mm-hmm. And it could have went sideways real quick, but he handled it well. He knew what he, knew what he was doing, made it look good. And there were a couple times I actually thought they were going to win. Yeah, I, the the cool thing about uh, Dawkins, because like you look at you look at Montez Ford, and you could see you see the athleticism, you see all the crazy stuff that he does. He really uh, makes himself stand out um, from the group. However, 
Angelo Dawkins has a pretty good hot tag. Like you, yeah. he comes in and you would think a guy his size doesn't move as quick as he does, but he really know. understands, um, you know, how to get things done in the ring. And I feel like, you know, we talk about the New Day being the greatest tag team. The Usos probably right underneath, but the Street Profits are coming up and they're coming up pretty big. Like uh, they could be some a force to be reckoned with down the line. Like you wouldn't want to break them up anytime soon. Uh, no, which means by WWE logic, they'll probably end up breaking them up. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's because we tend to speak things. We tend to speak <laughs> things into existence. Good, so. bad, and different. Yeah, but it was like you said. It was really good storytelling. They um really played up the injury to Montez Ford's ribs, and uh, that actually helped them get the win because he goes from the frog splash, but they get the knees up, and then they hit that double splash on him, and the Usos get the win to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, I asked you guys on Twitter what you thought of the match, and 40% gave it four flame emojis, 30% gave it three. So right in between that three, four flame emoji region is what you guys thought of the match. And I and I kind of agree with you guys. Yeah, I agree too. It was really good. And obviously the right team won, because there's no way the USO should lose the titles anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And even getting beat clean, the Street Profits still look good, so... They the mat they accomplish what they set out to do in the match. Right, it's one of those things where not not a, a loss is not always as bad as people make it out to seem. Exactly, you know? like it's still it was still a good performance. It leaves you wanting more. Like I wouldn't mind seeing the Usos and the Street Profits go at it again. Oh, Maybe yeah. give them like a week or two off and then go back to it because WWE tends to run those rematches Overdo pretty. It. Yeah, they pretty you know run those rematches ragged. Yeah. So. Hopefully they give it a little bit of a breath, but uh, again, it was one of the better matches on the card. Oh, I agree. And the Usos and the Street Profits could easily be the new Usos and New Day because yeah. that rivalry back in the day was fantastic. And I think they could do it again, just as long as they freshen it up a little bit and basically don't make it that rivalry 2.0. Yeah. And don't overdo it. That, like we said, that's the biggest problem is them. Uh, overdoing it a little too much just so, a little too much we'll see <laughs> next up on the card we had uh charlotte flair defending the raw women's championship against alexa bliss there was a lot of near falls in this one yeah. this match was fine it just didn't wow me or give me anything to remember charlotte used lily to distract alexa then hit her with natural selection for the win after the match this was the big story charlotte dismembered lily which sent alexa into a foaming mouth rage rest in peace lily rest in peace lily now i felt like the ending took away from the match the match wasn't bad it wasn't yeah. anything to go crazy over it was decent I yeah and i think a lot of people wrote it off rather quickly but it was pretty good i mean mm-hmm. again it wasn't blow your socks off kind of fantastic but it did what it set out to do. And my biggest problem with this is I messaged you about this last night. We talked about it right before we came on here today. Why was it that when they were announcing Alexa, they just said, oh, introducing the challenger, Alexa Bliss, and then turns right around and, oh, and and the champion from the Queen City, Charlotte Flair. Why didn't you announce that Charlotte was from Columbus? Everybody knows she's from Columbus. <laughs> what, what was the point of that? It was weird. The only thing I can think of is that they would want to preserve the possibility of Alexa still being a bad guy. I don't know, because the weird thing is, is they had... Like Alexa Bliss Columbus themed gear 
or merchandise yeah. for sale at the stadium or the arena. So, well, nothing was going to stop them from making money. That's for exactly. sure. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, we'll insult your intelligence and take your money at the same time. But yeah. I just thought it was dumb. But overall, yeah, the match was good. I think it exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Right. Again, it seemed it. This seemed to be the recurring theme for most of the matches. Is there were several instances where either one of them could have won. And yeah, it was definitely back and forth in this one. Yeah, and then, oh, and then that ending, and I mean, at least it happened after the match and not during. Mm-hmm. But I think they would have been better off not having the foaming at the mouth thing. Yeah, she could have did the whole rage thing without the whole. Foaming yeah, she could have screamed. She could have had like the i don't know maybe not fake tears but like try to actually cry have the makeup running down her eye like her face all that stuff they could have done that and it just i don't know what happened because did the alka seltzer tablet not dissolve Mm -hmm. fast enough did and i told you this i could have swore when she was up on the ramp or going up onto the ramp i thought i saw that the foam was kind of red so right i don't know if she also had a blood pack in her mouth that didn't work either but it just made it look so awkward and so just strange and it would have just if that was what it was going to end up turning into they would have just been better off just letting her cry and have a meltdown but now where do we go from here does this make alexa even crazier than usual does lily dying i guess take her or bring her back to being the goddess i don't know like it almost seems like lily is alexa bliss's sister abigail yeah and, you know? it, and it's weird to me because someone made a good point on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. They said Roger Rabbit died how many times in the fun house? And he just came back like it was nothing. So Lily better step it up. <laughs> so, yeah, Lily's just going to get all she really needs is a sewing machine. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, just, just grab up the fluff <laughs> and put the stuffing back in and stitch her up and she'll be fine. They honestly, because I even said it last night, they could do something kind of and the problem is they run the risk of it just being another version of like bray wyatt's thing where you can bring lily back at some point but then make her look more creepy and disfigured with stitches and all that stuff kind of like how they did with the fiend you look all burned and crispy right but once again a lot of people say oh well that's literally what they did with wyatt except just with the doll <laughs> so i don't know i <sighs> I thought I heard we we're in the TWM group chat. I thought I saw something about that. They might be writing Alexa off for a little while, which I hope really? not, but who knows what's going to happen. She might just knowing WWE, I wouldn't be surprised if she just magically comes back as the goddess with no rhyme or reason, but I don't know. I kind of like this character. I wouldn't want I her too. to go back to being the goddess. Not that the goddess thing was bad, but I, I really do actually enjoy this character and want to see where it's going to go from here. Yeah, and Alexa seems to clearly enjoy doing it. Yeah, I she's think good, she's at, she's good she's at it. She's said in how many interviews. She's having like the best time of her life in doing this right now. And funny what happens when you took the supernatural stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. People start getting into it more. Yeah. So I, I don't want to see her go back to the goddess just yet. I think she can still do the creepy... I don't really know what we want to call it thing for quite a while, but I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Stay creepy. But I asked you guys uh, what you thought of the match on Twitter. 36% of you guys gave it three flame emojis and edge of reason 42 on Twitter says, can the matches be fine yet? The whole thing disappointing. Cause that's where I'm at right now. Um, And it kind of was following that except for the tag team match was pretty good. 
but it felt like again this match was fine it just didn't wow me or feel like a pay-per-view match especially for the title no so i kind of agree with what edge of reason was saying there but that takes us to the next match let me get it up here all right, and it's the triple threat match for the United States Championship where Damian Priest was defending the title against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. And this one was surprising because the crowd was really, really behind Jeff Hardy for this one. Oh, yeah. Not that we're surprised because Jeff is one of the most beloved superstars in WWE history. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably my favorite wrestler of all time, really. But. I said it on Saturday, it just felt kind of weird throwing him into the match because we thought he was going to be the one eating the pin. That was kind of, we thought, the point because it just all seemed all signs point to Damien versus Sheamus. Right. But then at the end, Sheamus takes the pin and a roll-up, in fact, which <laughs> I I just thought that was a very weird ending to that. They could have used a finisher or something because the problem with WWE and their endings are I think they have use the roll-up as a crutch so much now that it kind of de- it defeats the purpose of what the roll-up is supposed to do after all because it's technically supposed to protect the person eating it right but when it happens so many times it's not protecting anymore it's just overused right and it's supposed to even catch the audience off guard like you know when somebody gets rolled up it's usually like you said somebody eating the pin that's usually not expected to at the moment in time that it happens but it happens so often that we kind of, there's no surprise to it. No, but besides that, it was a really good match. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a good match, and I was pleasantly surprised that the crowd was behind Hardy. Like you said, he was kind of thrown into the match, and kind of, you know, with the, when that happens, it can go one way or the other, but this one, it went pretty good. Sheamus hits Hardy with the broke kick, but then Damian Priest comes from behind with a roll-up to get the win when Hardy went out of the ring. I asked you guys what you thought of this match on Twitter, and 54% of you gave it three flame emojis. Mike on Twitter says the roll-up was a little meh, but the match itself was fabulous. All three looked great in it, even with the slip-ups by Priest and Hardy. The crowd was hot for a potential Hardy win near the end. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm I'm glad, though, that Damien held on to the title because, like we had said on Saturday, I think WWE has a potential star in Damien. He just, he has the look, he has the attitude, that kind of rock star swagger. Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of, like, this generation's what you would consider, like, a, a mixture of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like, two of those put together. He has that sort of ability where he connects with people like Nash did, has that easygoing personality, but he also has that swagger of like Razor Ramon in there, which is pretty cool to see. And, you know, I used to watch him when he was in Ring of Honor as Punishment Martinez, and Mm -hmm. he used to, the things he used to do in ROH is completely different than what he does in WWE. Almost like somebody told him, like, hey, with your size and your stature, you don't really need to be doing these moves because he sometimes he'll bust out those high flying moves that you're like, wow, guy, his yeah. size. When he was doing it in an ROH, he was almost doing it all the time, mm. you know. Yeah. So when he came to WWE, it almost seems like they switched up his style and said, use your strengths, and that is being a bigger than normal average superstar who can move a little bit faster than everybody else regardless i think it's a smart decision to have a a workhorse title like the united states championship on damian priest he can really carry it and make it go far and give it some legitimacy 
Oh, I agree. And yeah, and changing up a wrestler's style could go horribly wrong, but you wouldn't if you wouldn't have told me that, I wouldn't have known that that's how he's wrestled only yeah, in WWE. So yeah. it's good on crazy. him. Yeah, he used to do like topes over the top rope and Jeez. a bunch yeah, a bunch of high flying maneuvers that were at the time when you're watching him and you're seeing someone his size do that, you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. But then you really see, well, his strengths are really what he's doing in WWE now, not necessarily what he used to do or what he's capable of doing, but really using his size. And not to mention, he is a little bit older than the average WWE superstar. So you kind of want to preserve your body a little bit more, especially if you want to go on a run, especially as a champion in WWE. Oh, I completely agree. So we'll just see what keeps happening with him because I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he goes to the main event card scene, which I would not complain about at all. Neither would I. Neither would I. But moving on on the card, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship between Becky Lynch, the man, big time Bex, defending the title against the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair. Uh, this was a good match. They had good chemistry with each other. There was no clunkiness. Uh, Bianca was about to hit the KOD on Becky when suddenly someone we haven't seen for quite a while, Sasha Banks, mm-hmm. appears and comes to the ring, beats down Bianca Belair, causing a disqualification. And Becky thought, hey, thanks for helping me out so I can keep my title here. But Sasha ends up going after Becky as well. Uh, in the beatdown and taking them both out and standing tall. What'd you think of the match? Remember when we said a little while ago, I think they finally nailed having Becky as a heel because she keeps getting booze. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't work in Columbus. <laughs> that crowd was, half that crowd was cheering for Becky. Yeah, it was definitely split down the middle for the majority of the match. And, and myself included, because I like Bianca. I've just always loved Becky, so... It doesn't. Becky could insult the crowd all she wants. I'll still cheer for her, but the match itself was so damn good, and you knew it could be because they're both fantastic in the ring. It was just a matter of if they had the chemistry together, and oh, they certainly do. Yes, definitely and, for sure. This is the match that we should have got at SummerSlam. I think yes. would have been fine, even with the finish. No matter who would have won, no matter who would have won between the two if it happened at SummerSlam I think people would have still been satisfied with the fact that Becky is back but again in hindsight you look at what Becky is doing now as the heel quote unquote Mm -hmm. the heel I kind of understand their logic it just didn't work at the time yeah it didn't work at the time because we didn't know what direction they wanted to go with Becky we didn't know that they wanted to present her as a heel character yeah Uh, and it I think it just played out really well in the ring because we knew their promos against each other were great leading up to this. And yeah, especially Becky's promos. They were yes, great. And they did play the whole Becky's the veteran and now, yeah, you're not as good as me. And then Bianca proves otherwise. And it did look like Bianca might pull it away until Sasha showed up. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people weren't too thrilled about the finish because it was a DQ finish, but... I think that was the best thing you could have done, especially in Bianca's case, because you couldn't really have her get pinned clean again. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to have her tap out to the disarmor at all. So that was really the only thing we thought of. We just thought that Becky would have pulled out some shenanigans of some sort. But I think that could have been... I thought that would have been cool if it was one of the Extreme Rules match, but... 
Yeah, that could. That's a lot of people were saying the same thing that the, this for a pay per view called Extreme Rules. This was really lacking in the extreme department. It was regular rules. Yeah, regular rules pay per view. Yeah, that's what they need to call it from now on, unless they actually learn their lesson next year. But either way, it was a really good match, as I expected it to be. And I can't wait for it to happen again. But now we get Sasha Banks into it, probably. So could you imagine a triple threat between these three? Yeah, that would be great to see. It just—it's just a matter of what happens with the draft, you know? Because the draft is coming up, so who knows if if Sasha was just trying to lay in some shots before on her way out, going over to Raw, you know? You never know. Yeah. Well, they were—they were also kind of teasing Bianca too when she made her entrance. They said, "Oh, well, this might be the last time she can fight for the SmackDown Women's Championship because you don't know how what the what's going to happen in the draft." And that's really true. I mean, they did a good job of advertising the draft because you really don't know what's going to happen. You might think that they're going to keep a certain feud going, but then one half of it goes to the other show Mm -hmm. or they both go to the other show. And so now it's just same feud, different scenery, but it's going to be really, really interesting to see because isn't the draft uh, It's Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it starts on Friday on SmackDown and then continues on Monday for Raw. Ooh, I feel we're gonna have a lot to talk about on Saturday. I have a feeling. Yeah, we are. Not only that, but uh, tonight on Raw because it is Monday. Tonight on Raw, kicking off the show is going to be WWE Champion Big E taking on former champion Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And so that was again, that was some good build. I mean, it yeah, it happened within a night, but it was still pretty good build up. Those two promos they had were good. They made. Lashley look mad and also kind of the typical heel stuff of oh well if my you came out and cashed in on me when I was hurt and you know you could have done that face to face like a real man and blah blah mm-hmm. blah and Biggie's like you you're out your damn mind <laughs> I was gonna wait until you were fully healed to actually cash in on you that's kind of how money in the bank works yeah. but that those two promos made me excited to see this match tonight because it should be really good that almost ma- it almost makes me wish that there was a show year round uh, that can be competitive with WWE for ratings because this really just feels like WWE is doing what they can and using the proper resources to try to get the best ratings possible. Yeah, uh, and I'm not I'm not mad that it's a ratings grab. I think it's great. I think it's them realizing that maybe they do have some competition mm-hmm. with Monday Night Football. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows, man. Five years down the road, we could he- be hearing of a AEW program on Monday nights, which would really throw things into a tailspin. That's the competition that WWE needs because for the past two weeks, they've been putting on these matches that are obvious ratings grabs. I mean, they had Roman come in on Raw, yeah. and now they're going to have WW- the WWE Championship being defended tonight. So I'm all for it. Oh, I am too. And like we talked about on Saturday, the same people that are complaining that you're seeing these matches for free and these should be on pay-per-view and this and that were probably the same ones that were complaining that the shows were boring. So you kind of can't have it both ways. Either you need, you need those ratings grabs, Mm -hmm. but you have to do it. Well, you can't just have a ratings grab for the sake of a ratings grab because then that doesn't really make the crowd too happy right? or the fans watching at home. But yeah, the last few weeks, this is actually working really well. It's just a matter of how are they going to be able to keep this up without a overdoing it or b just getting again getting ratings grabs that make no sense just for the sake of having them. 
Yeah, so definitely. They have to walk that line very carefully, which I'm not entirely sure they can do, but <laughs> you never know. But yeah, it should be a really good it should be a really good match. I'm excited for it. And who knows, maybe at the end of this recording we can talk about more who could go over on the draft. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That wouldn't be too bad of an idea. Uh, real quick, before we move on to the next match, I just want to let you guys know what the Twitter poll said for the Bianca Belair-Becky uh, Lynch match. 43% gave it three flame emojis. 22 gave it four flames. So right in that median area of three and four flame emojis. Um, we didn't get any responses. I'm just interested in seeing what people thought of Sasha Banks coming back, getting involved in the match, not only targeting Bianca, but also targeting uh, Becky Lynch. So who is she? Who who does she have her eyes on? The, is it something that she just wants to get back at Bianca, or um, is she really going after the title? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, we all know the history between her and Bianca, so it made sense for her to go after Bianca. But at the same time, we this is Sasha Banks we're talking about. She wants gold all the time, yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered who had the gold around their waist during this match. She was going after both of them. Just so happened to be. Becky and of course Bianca was there as well so I think she'll kind of have two reasons for doing that a wanting the gold and b just wanting to screw Bianca over because she doesn't like her and hopefully it's going to make for a really really good match at probably Survivor Series I would assume Mm. well maybe not they might do the champion versus champion stuff yeah that's true they might do that but I wouldn't mind seeing it either way so I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen going forward isn't isn't there a pay-per-view no there's a pay-per-view next month isn't there there should be there should be so they'll probably do that next month probably and then survivor series will be champion versus champion because if it's going the way it is now fans will not be happy about that because (laughs) we've seen becky and charlotte too often yeah but who knows we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but moving on finally getting to the main event of the evening it was roman reigns the tribal chief the head of the table defending the wwe universal championship against the demon finn balor and i actually was really excited going into this match i don't know what it is like i wasn't excited for the build-up for it a little as i thought i would but going into the match i don't know if it's more so that i'm just really happy with the way things are going with roman reigns i feel like he's being compelling you know he's one of the best parts of smackdown so uh and obviously the demon's pretty cool we haven't seen the demon in a while but you had some interesting thoughts about this match so what did you think about this match i thought it was a really good match um my favorite part i must say was uh when they went out into the crowd room and put the mask on yeah what was what was that that was that was kind of (laughs) weird it was i guess a nice i guess it was a good touch and like a reminder that there's still a pandemic going on yeah and And he he does have an immune like immunity thing like yeah his immune system is compromised so he's taking a risk going out there so you know what if roman can wear a mask during a match so can you that must must be the slogan but anyway so yeah the match was really good the oh the almost the little part of the ending right before the actual ending i think it did its job really well because i think a lot of people actually thought demon finn was gonna pull it out and win the title myself included and then the rope collapsed and (laughs) at first i didn't know if it was like a work or because he was clutching at his knee and i'm thinking yeah. oh, great please don't tell me he just screwed his knee up and then obviously the finish happens and whatever 
I don't know why they did that. I feel like that was them panicking because they realized, oh, we had probably one of the most unique, unstoppable, to a degree, personas in wrestling in the fiend, demon, I almost said the fiend, God, <laughs> almost, but uh, the demon. And then you had Roman who wasn't going to lose the title. So you kind of didn't want to screw Finn over, but I think you kind of screwed him over even more with that ending because it was just bad. I didn't like it, but my theory. I told you I had a theory. She has a theory, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> to possibly what's going to come about with this. I'm going to think that the rope mechanism, whatever happened, was Heyman's idea because he wanted to ensure the match between Lesnar and Roman at Crown Jewel or whatever it's called, because I don't care about it, is for the title. <laughs> That's the thing. And they even alluded to that on commentary that maybe Roman was overlooking Finn because he had uh, Brock Lesnar coming up at the at the Saudi Arabia show. And it was a shame, too, because even in the video package, the first half of it was Roman and Lesnar. It had nothing to do with Finn. So it kind of showed that, yeah, he was just going to be a stepping stone and it was a matter of how was it going to happen. And that was could not have been a worse way. Yeah, definitely. To do that to Finn. He did not deserve that. The the one thing that's interesting is the emoji polls for this match. Huh. This, this match got 43 votes. 44% of those votes were one flame. So, I feel like there's always that one match we have to talk about this on every <laughs> recap. The match itself was good. Yes, the ending was bad. That's one thing. This is one thing. It should have been a four-star match, but the ending dropped it to three for mm -hmm. me. The ending does not is not the end-all be-all of a match. The match itself was fantastic. It was good. It was hard-hitting. It was competitive. You made the demon. There was a good chance it looked like the demon was going to win. So for the most part, like I said, it was a four-star match, but then you have the ending. And mm -hmm. yeah, it takes away from it, but that shouldn't completely disregard the fact that the match itself was good so right. i think the problem is in the heat of the moment everyone just focuses on the ending well it's funny that you brought that up because the responses that we did get for the match uh such as uh edward james on twitter he says good match all-time crap finish yeah and then edge of reason 42 says three and a half for 95 percent of the match but <laughs> the finish was so bad that i can't go higher than two <sighs> yeah i mean it mm. Because the the what was the what was the the purpose like why couldn't Roman just beat him clean? It was. I mean, he technically he did beat him clean, I but mean, like without the shenanigans with the ropes. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people did expect Finn to lose, and again, I don't think people remember that the Demon is not undefeated. Mm -hmm. He's lost before. But he doesn't lose often. And I said this on Saturday. I get that you needed Finn to be the demon to give Roman a run for his money. But Roman didn't need to be demon either. It was just it was just weird. I think the timing of it was just awful. Because once again, Finn kind of gets shoved to the side. Because everybody just cares about Lesnar and Reigns. So I just feel bad for Finn. Especially with that ending. Because that didn't do him any favors 
Yeah. So I asked everybody, you know, because obviously that was the main event. Roman Reigns retains the Universal Championship. So it's interesting to see uh, what's going to happen. I'm wondering if they're treating the Saudi Arabia show like it's going to be October's pay-per-view. Because you, don't they usually advertise the next pay-per-view during the pay-per-view? Yeah, and I, they advertise Crown Jewel, I'm pretty sure. So I'm wondering if they're going to take <sighs> that and use that as their October pay-per-view. Um, I which, hope not, but we know that's <laughs> going to be the case. That seems like the most logical idea going forward. But I asked you guys what you thought of Extreme Rules overall. What would you like? What would you change? And what was your final grade? The final grade comes in three flames. For 39% of the votes, 15% of the votes gave it four flames. So it was kind of split all together um, yeah. between all of, you know, obviously there the matches, the action, the in-ring action was great. It was a lot of the decisions made you scratch your head. And that's the, that always seems to be the recurring problem with WWE where nine times out of 10, the matches themselves are good. They're mm-hmm. not bad. They're I mean, some are obviously fantastic, but then more often than not, they're they're just it, they're still at least good. But then just the decisions they make at the beginning, in the middle, at the end of a match, just, <laughs> I do not understand it at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are they doing? I it always seems like they get so close to having an overall fantastic pay-per-view and they just have to do something <laughs> it's funny too that um you say that because um mike on twitter said the card was very solid although to only have one extreme rules match on a card called extreme rules is baffling yeah exactly and honestly some of the matches the build-up to them they weren't good Mm-mm. it was weird it was clunky it was just off but they still were able to put on a really good match regardless. And that's a testament to the performers in the ring. It's just stop trying to make them work from the ground up. Give them, give the fans a reason to care about some of these matches. Right. I think, I think the main thing is if they would just simplify everything, if they would keep things simple and just try to not overdo it in terms of creativity, Mm -hmm. they could really just put together a solid pay-per-view with just you know just basic wrestling knowledge and again not insulting the the viewer's intelligence yeah funny how that happens <laughs> I if think... you actually do things that the fans understand and it makes sense to them funny what happens people actually enjoy it who would have thought yeah i think i think you know that's the the wrestling that people want these days is just they just want simple storytelling nothing too crazy nothing too clunky and they have to realize that not their their entire audience is not made up of just casuals and kids kids there are there are some hardcore contingents uh in there that kind of feel like they're ostracized you know like they don't have a place in wwe because they have to worry about oh we're gonna see nikki ash and we're gonna see reggie and and our true just as a dog you know (laughs) i think i think that's the main takeaway from for a lot of uh wwe especially in this current state of wwe i think that's what people kind of turn their noses to yeah exactly it's just sometimes simple is more yeah less is more yeah less is more keep it simple stupid but (laughs) that is the end of uh the pay-per-view there i'm interested in seeing what they're going to go do forward especially with finn balor i'm hoping that he's not going to just be tossed to the wayside like he was during his first run on the main roster i think 
I think he still has some legs to him. And he still has a beef with John Cena. So let's make that happen. That'd be a good match. That'd be a really good match. I'd be excited to see that. Um, But yeah, uh, like we said earlier, this episode is definitely a little bit shorter than our usual episodes because we only had one show to go over. Yeah, we could always talk a little bit about Raw. We got that tonight. Yeah, Raw tonight, like we said, is going to be... Uh, a special show because the WWE Championship is going to be defended. Do you think? Uh, do you think Lashley is going to come away with it? I'm a little nervous, but I don't oh. think he's he's going to come away with the title. I think they're going to keep it on Big E. I oh, think I they, hope so. I I mean I, I I hope so, but I think they really see like it was the right call to put the belt on Big E because the crowd really loves it and people love the New Day back together. Yeah, exactly. I they should not take the belt off of Big E anytime soon. No. It's obvious that the fans love him. They love him even more as champion. He's earned the position he's in right now, so let him bask in it for a little bit. He, I'd say he deserves it. You know, not only that, but I'd love to see some new faces step up to the main event scene. Someone like a Karrion Cross and a Big E oh, would be great. Oh, that'd be such a good match. That'd be fun to watch. And then add Scarlet into it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think this is a perfect opportunity to throw in some freshness into the main event scene. I mean, not that Karrion Cross has done a lot to earn himself a shot into the main event. I mean, However, he's run people over. That's about it. Yeah, I feel like he, if you want to get away from the usual contingent of what we usually see, I think adding someone new out of the fold um, would benefit, would be a big benefit. Give someone new to Big E to yeah. kind of sink his teeth in and make this a legitimate title reign. Exactly. And then we have to also look at the women's division because if the rumor's true that Alexa's taking time off TV, there's clearly not going to be a rematch between her and Charlotte. So who's going to be next to step up to her? That'd be that'd be interesting, especially I'd be excited to see if she is taking time off. I'm excited for when she comes back. Mm-hmm. How is she going to come back? Is she going to come back even more demented because we haven't seen her in such a long time? Exactly. That, that uh, not so much the spookiness and the creepiness gets amped up, but just uh, yeah, just the craziness within Alexa gets amped up. Oh, I would love to see that too. And then also in the division, I hope we get some type of promo video segment, something from Shayna Baszler to see what's going on with her after completely just massacring Nia Jax last week. Yeah, for sure. I want to see what she's going to be. Um, putting together you know this was a savage attack on Shayna Baszler so it's interesting to see they said that uh in terms of Nia Jax's like arm she's pretty much really really injured so Mm -hmm. are they do you think that they're writing her off or um they might do that thing where they write her off for a little bit and then she comes back and then they reignite the feud at least that's what it seems like I'm just interested to see if they're going to kind of play off or have Shayna play off the um, indecision she felt. She looked torn. It looked mm-hmm. like she didn't want to do it because maybe she was starting to actually become friends with Naya. But then she realized, look, if you want to be the queen of spades, the submission magician, the cage fighter again, you need to just be a lone wolf and show everybody once again that you are someone that should be messed with, shouldn't be messed with. And she did it, but even afterwards, she still looked a little conflicted. And mm-hmm. even in that video I told you guys about that was on Twitter, she said, well, Nia did that to herself. Yeah, she Which, put all the blame on Nia. And it's tough because if you think about the situation, it's really hard not to see 
Shayna, it, she's not the villain in this. Mm-hmm. This isn't even being biased here, okay? So before anybody <laughs> says, well, of course you're going to say that. No, it's the truth. Because if you think about it, how many times was she, how many times did she lose because Naya or Reggie cost her? That's true. And how many times did Naya win in that span? Last time I checked, she didn't have a two and 13 and two singles record. She was actually looking strong. I mean, she just completely ran over Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. how many weeks ago? Not only that, she beat Charlotte clean that one match where things got yeah. a little chippy. Exactly. So Shayna finally decided that, look, if I need to go, if I have to go back to what I was in NXT to get my point across, then that's what she's going to have to do. And she did. It's just going to be interesting to see if we go full on NXT killer Shayna, or we see this more conflicted side of her, which I'd be kind of interested to see more of the confliction because it just adds another layer to her because we all know she can flip a switch mm-hmm. and just murder somebody on live TV. Like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how much more emotion we see from her in the future. I, I honestly think that she could be a candidate to flip shows for the draft. Yeah. I, I think, agree. I think, uh, not only will it help her, it will help the women's division, but it makes sense. You know, she had this savage attack on Nia and it uh, puts Nia away for a little bit. That leaves Shayna with nothing really to do. So why not put a reset on her, put her on SmackDown? Yeah. She could do maybe against a Liv Morgan. That'd be great. You know, they can kind of follow the same way. I would like to see the the same thing they did with Dakota Kai, how Dakota Kai used to be really afraid Yep. Of Jaina. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them do that with Liv Morgan. Yeah. And then follow it through all the way. Uh, where yeah. Liv Morgan finally builds up the courage to say, I'm not afraid of you. And they have a little program. I think that would be very interesting. Well, and uh, you also can think if Dakota comes up to SmackDown in the draft and Shayna goes over to SmackDown, then they can renew that program they had in NXT because they never had really had closure on that one because Dakota got hurt right when it was getting good. Yeah. So there's that. But then the problem also exists. If Shayna moves to SmackDown, that's one less challenger you have for Charlotte now because that really, unless Asuka comes back, but I just don't think that would be a good idea. Not right off the bat. She was so much, and she was involved so much in the championship scene a few months ago that it was almost at a point of overkill. Mm. So now it's up until the draft because even. So if the draft's Friday, you still have to at least present a challenger of some sort to Charlotte, unless I just have her cut a promo about how great she is tonight mm-hmm. and then just completely <laughs> ignore it until the draft's over. I think that's what they're probably going to do, because then at least once the draft's over, it's like, it's okay, now we have this woman or that woman on SmackDown and this woman on Raw, whatever, and now there's, this is who we can have Charlotte go against, which... I would love to see Charlotte and Shayna, but if she goes to SmackDown, we're obviously not going to see it. But that also means we could potentially get Shayna and Becky again, which I'd be very excited about because their feud was really good. Obviously hated the ending, but (laughs) those two could go at it. So I wouldn't be mad at seeing that again, but I guess we're just going to have to tune in on Friday and see. Yeah, uh, like we said, tonight's going to be a busy night with the the WWE Championship being on the line, and then Friday is the start of the draft. So uh, this week in WWE is going to be pretty big. Can't miss TV. So we're going to have all the coverage of that on Saturday. Saturday is our usual day where we record 
uh, the Ringside Rundown podcast, and we do shows on Monday for the days after pay-per-view so we can recap the pay-per-view and not have like a convoluted show uh, every week on when there's pay-per-views. So yeah. this is kind of fun to, to, to just cover one show really quickly get through it and get our thoughts out so we don't have to stack it on the other shows well that and it's fresh in our mind too because if we had to wait until saturday to talk about this we'd almost have to watch it back all over again because yeah, exactly because you, you get that on top of raw on top of nxt on top of dynamite on top of smackdown on top of rampage there's already enough stuff in there that we're gonna 100%. have to talk about and then on top of that have to talk about the pay-per-view it's just too much so i think we made a good uh decision and splitting it up because then we could talk about it a little more in depth we can it's still fresh in our minds because it literally just happened 24 hours ago and yeah so i think it's a pretty good idea and uh yeah i think we had a pretty good episode today yeah and we thank all you guys for listening and getting active with us during the pay-per-view on twitter we thank you so much um just let you guys know if you're a first-time listener this uh podcast is available all throughout the internet all you got to do is go to wherever you listen to your podcast search for the ringside rundown and hit that subscribe button we're available on apple spotify stitcher google wherever you listen to your podcast we're available if you hit us up on anchor fm anchor.fm slash ringside hyphen rundown there's a little messages feature where you can leave us a voicemail let us know what you think about the show if you have an opinion on wrestling or a question that you want us to answer definitely shoot us a voice message there or you can hit us up on twitter and instagram at ringside rundown again that's at ringside rundown if you want to follow me individually uh i'm over at wrestling cron that's wrestling c-h-r-o-n shay where can they find you if they want to get in touch with you you can find me on Twitter at ShailenHickson21. And uh, if you're into video games, I'll be streaming on Twitch tonight at Shay underscore Hickson21. So uh, come hang out. Come say hi. We'll probably be playing Dead by Daylight with friends. So come Always with us a good a time. murder party. But yeah. Are you hot... a killer, killer or survivor? <sighs> well, normally it depends on how many friends we have. If we have enough people to do like a full private party, we just do kill your friends, as we mm. call it. So we'll just like cycle with... One will be killer, the other four will be survivors, but if we have less than five, we usually just go survivors, but nice. occasionally we like to switch it up and just do killers, but nice. we'll see what happens tonight. Make sure you go check her out on Twitch tonight. Uh, you can have them back to back with Raw. That's usually what I do. I have you up lurking and then watching Raw, taking my notes for the podcast. So make sure you go check her out on Twitch tonight. Should be a good time. But uh, again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, hit us up, leave us some questions for us to answer, and we shall see you again on Saturday. How's that sound, Shay? Yeah, sounds good. See you Saturday, guys. All right, take care, guys.